Okay, there you go. See, this is like an old, you know what I'm saying? Retro. Retro. Okay, so, um, so I'll tell you the truth. When I was, uh, earlier in the week when I was thinking about what to talk about this year, uh, so I had one idea in mind. Uh, but yesterday I had some conversations with a few of the Chevra, and I figured maybe it's been a Shemaim, so I'm going to switch gears, talk about something else. It's still Rosh Hashanah. But uh, we're talking about a little different angle of Rosh Hashanah. And what I plan to talk about, maybe I'll talk about that on Shabbos. So it'll be okay. All right, so <clears throat> let me run through a few questions about Rosh Hashanah. And then we'll, we'll talk about Rosh Hashanah. So, you know, one of the uh, nicknames, I guess, of this season is the Yom Neroyim. Right? Days of awe, Yom Neroyim, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Yom Neroyim. So that term, Neira, we have to figure out exactly what is it telling us about Rosh Hashanah. That it's called... Days of Naira, days of awe. Uh, the, 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 the first time that we have the word Naira mentioned in Chumash goes back to Yaakov Avinu. When he goes to sleep and he has a dream, the ladder and so on, the Malachim going up and down, and Hashem says, you know, I'm with you, I'm going to protect you, I'm going to make sure that you get back to your father's home in peace, everything's going to be okay. Yaakov Avinu wakes up and he says, well, man Naira hamakam this place is Naira, this place is awesome, there's an awesomeness in this place. This is, this is where the house of God should be, and it's the gates of heaven. That's the first place where the word Naira is mentioned. So, <coughs> so the question is like this. What exactly does Naira mean? What is that Mida that's called awesomeness? How is it specifically related to Yom Narayim? And what does it have to do with Yaakov Avinu and that store with the ladder? Right, because in other words, on a very simple level, uh, what Yaakov Avinu was saying is that w- this place is awesome because this is where God revealed Himself. It was a place of Gilu Shechina, and in a certain sense, like every Yantif, there is Gilu Shechina. That's what makes a Yantif a Yantif. That's what makes Shabbos a Shabbos is that there's more of God's presence in our lives. So every Yantif and every Shabbos is Naira in that way. Rosh Hashanah too, but like, but what what, it's, what specifically about? What, in what, what aspect of God is he revealing himself on Rosh Hashanah Kippur in particular that's designated as Naira? Okay. Next. There seems to be two different um, themes, I guess, with Rosh Hashanah. And they're not contradictory necessarily, but in terms of like our emotional connection to the day, for the most part, we sort of have to make a choice of thinking about one over the other. One is Malchus. Hashem is the king, and establishing Hashem as king. That's one aspect of Rosh Hashanah. Another aspect of Rosh Hashanah is the Yom Hadin, is the fact that we're judged, and everything that's going to be in the coming year is determined in Rosh Hashanah. And obviously throughout davening, there's, you know, there's a focus on both. Uh, you know, uh, the, the truth is, with Shemun Esrei, most of Shemun Esrei is focused on Malchus, on Hashem being the king. But then you also have certainly references to the Yom Hadin, Masana Taikif, you know, things like this. Even within the, the, the Nusach of Davening, the Chazal said that we have to say Psukim of Malchius, Zechreinus, and Shifras, right? So Malchius is talking about Hashem being the king. Zechreinus is really a reference to the fact that it's the Yom Hadin. So we want Hashem to remember us for good. What, for what? Because he's judging us. We want, so we want him to focus on the positive, right? <clears throat> so you have these two aspects. Now, and the, and the truth is, it would seem that although obviously they're not a contradiction, Hashem is the king, and as a king, he's judging us. But in terms of our emotional connection to the day, they are somewhat contradictory. Malchus is a concept that should breed excitement and joy, and simcha. 
right? Chuas Melech Bay, Hashem is the king, amazing, it's Kivaldic, that means we're chosen, that means we're sent with a mission, we have purpose, we have a place. There's nothing, that, that's, that's amazing, that's awesome. Yom Hadin, the judgment, that's already more scary. And so you see this, that different kahilas and different seabors and different periods of Jewish history, they focus on Rosh Hashanah differently. Like, again, for, the, for most of us, I would imagine, growing up Rosh Hashanah in yeshivas and so on, as it still is, and maybe it should be in, in a certain way, Rosh Hashanah is a day that's saturated with fear. Saturated with fear. And in B'derach Klal, that fear is revolving around the Yom Hadin. Okay? Maybe some people are attracted by that, some people are repelled by that, but that's the feeling of Rosh Hashanah very often. And then you go to Uman, you know what I mean? And it's not really, the, the focus is not the Yom Hadin, the focus is certainly Malchus. And Malchus to the exclusion of the Yom Hadin. To the point of where you say Melech and everyone's clapping and cheering and it's Simcha. And that's true, that's a very true response to the focus of pure Malchus. Because Hashem is the king, that's Gavah, that's awesome. That means that life is not uh, meaningless. There's, there's purpose. There's all things to be, to be joyful about. So, but, but, you know, so over here now, so which one are we? You know, so we have to figure out a way to sort of bring the two together. How, how, in what way can the Yom Hadin, that sense of the judgment, sort of be incorporated into Malchus? How could Malchus be incorporated into Yom Hadin? And what is the, and, and, evident, and the truth is, when that blend comes together, the response is not dancing and clapping necessarily, or passing out the, by the thought of the, by the word Elul, you know what I mean? It's Neira. That, that's, that's what we're going to, that's what Neira is. Neira is something, uh, the, the, the response of a healthy mixture between Malchus and Yom Adin, Malchus and Zechreinus. Okay, so we have to figure out what that means. Okay. One final, final, another piece of the puzzle of Rosh Hashanah in the Kisri we find that Rosh Hashanah, obviously the weapon, you know, the tool that we have to be poil Yeshua's is the Shaifer. Okay, we have Davini also, the Shaifer, Midaraisa. In the Kisri we find that the purpose of the Shaifer is not to get rid of dinim, to get rid of judgments and, and uh, prosecutions and difficulties. That's not the purpose. You would think the, shayfer, the, the objective would be to get rid of all the negativity and just bring down Rachmim, and just bring down good things. You want to open the door, maybe if there's someone who's there, I want them to be blocked. Yeah, thank you. The Rizal says that the Tachlis is, yeah, you can open the, the kernels, I feel bad, I shouldn't be. <clears throat> so the Rizal says the Tachlis is not to get rid of the Din, it's to be Mamtik the Din, to sweeten the judgment, to sweeten the judgment. I mean, this idea is reminiscent of what we have in the beginning of time, right, that Hashem, the Chazal say, that Hashem created the world, He planned, He wanted, to make the world of Hadin. He saw the world can't handle that. So what did he do? He got rid of Din. No, he didn't get rid of Din. He was Meshatev. He sweetened the judgment with Midas Arachman. And that's what we're trying to do in Rosh Hashanah. Not get rid of the Din, but soften it, sweeten it. Be mamtik the Din. And that's what the Shaifer does. Okay, so you have to, again, figure that out. And th- this idea of softening din, din is, again, it's a similar thing of connecting Malchus with the Yom Hadin, right? In those Zechreinus, which is without Hashem judging us, which is terrifying, and then Malchus, Hashem is our king, and Avinu Malkeinu, which is beautiful, when you bring them together, there's a sweetening of judgments. So judgment, but it's sweetened. Okay, fine. Let's begin to learn. You know, there's, uh, <laughs> there, there are certain personalities in Tanakh, or in Chazal, or certain holidays that 
have their way of just getting into everything, you know. No matter where you go in Yiddishkeit, if you have your eyes open, Rav Shimon pops up. Rav Shimon is there. So there's always Lagbimer and everything. So let me share with you a few pieces of the Zara Kaddish to make this point. It says in the Zara like this, Rabbi Lazar, the son of Rav Shimon, said the following thing, Chamina la'aba, he says, I saw by my father, Rav Shimon, the Yomid Rosh Hashanah of Yom Kippur, by Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, that Rav Shimon refused to allow himself even to hear the davening of anyone, unless the Baal spent three days before Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, three days by Rav Shimon, for Rav Shimon to be matar. So the only person that Rav Shimon would have as a Baal is if someone spent three days before by Rav Shimon, so Rav Shimon could work him through. Rav Shimon have a Omer Hachi, as Rav Shimon used to say, but Sloisa de Barnash de Anoa Matkina, the davening of a Baltfila that I, that I'm a Taher, that I'm a Zakich, that I purified, is Kapra Alma. That's the Tfila that brings the Kapar to the world. Only that Tfila. So it's through the Kayach of Rav Shimon, right? That the Tfilas of Rav Shimon and Yikippur are able to bring a Kapar. The Kolshkein, as Rav Shimon said, for sure, if that's Batfila, but Kolshkein, but Kiyasa de Shaifer, certainly. The sound of the shofar, the makabel to get the barnash of Shimon would refuse to hear the sound of the shofar blown from anyone. Unless the person was a chacham and knew Rabbi Shimon's uh, version of tkiyas, that's what he says. Okay, so that means that Rabbi Shimon is in charge of Rosh Hashanah Kippur. You know what I'm saying? So that means we have to. So okay, so we, I don't. I don't know if any of us heard of such a thing that in order to really have a Rosh Hashanah Kippur, you have to connect to Rabbi Shimon. To have a Lagbimer, maybe, you know, Rosh Hashanah Kippur. As he says, in order to have Rosh Hashanah, you have to connect to Rosh Shimon. Okay, so, <clears throat> now this idea, this connection between Rosh Shimon and Rosh Hashanah, okay? And I know the name of this year was like Practical Advice, we're going to get there, okay? But just, <laughs> we have to figure what Rosh Hashanah is first, right? And then we'll, uh, practicality. The Zari says elsewhere about Rosh Shimon. Ishadna Alai, Rosh Shimon says, I could testify about myself. The kol that my entire life, says Rav my entire life, I've been working on this Indian, and I, it, it, pain, it pains me, this, this Indian, that no Jew should have to be judged on Rosh Hashanah with the midah of tzedek. What is tzedek? Tzedek means righteousness. Righteousness. Tzedek is justice. Rav says, I'm trying to be Paul, that, not, that, that should never be. That should never be. Does that mean? So Rosh Shimon explains, Bahu Yaimashal Rosh Hashanah, the day of Rosh Hashanah, the Kaiman Ayin Katruin Lamaidan Dinil Alma. In in Shemaim, Rosh Hashanah, all seventy Bezdins, whatever this means, all the Bezdins Shalmalas are open and everyone's coming in to be judged. Uman Dindoinle Kuchabrihu Iulatav. But says Rosh Shimon, there's such a thing as being judged by the Bezdin Shamala. That's called being judged with tzedek, with righteousness and with justice. Says Rosh Shimon, not a good idea. What you really want is to be judged by the Rabbanu Shalom himself. That's what you really want. Valdo by David Malka, and said to Shimon, this is what David Malka was diving for in Tehillim, Valmar, Shefteni Ilakim. That says that Hashem, you should judge me. Ant Vileachra, you, no one else. Vachain Shloyma Amar, Shlomach also. Laases Mishpat Avdai. Hashem, you should do the judgment of your servant. Ahuv Leachra, you, no one else. <clears throat> now, Rav Shimon said that his whole life he's trying to be pile this. By the way, this idea, again, we have to explain this. But this idea of a person being judged by the Bezin Shomala, that's called Sedek. And says Rav Shimon, I, my entire life, is trying to be pile such a thing, that you shouldn't be judged 
by the Bezit Shemal, you should be judged by the Rabbanish Lailam. In the Swarmak Daishim, this is why Tzedakah is such a big Indian during this time of year. What's Tzedakah? Tzedakah is adding a hey, which is Hashem, to the word Tzedakah. Which means that instead of the Bezim Shalmala judging a person, Tzedakah. That's why Tshuva, Tfilot, Tzedakah, Mavirus, Rei HaGazer, right? Think about it. Why Tzedakah? I mean, mitzvah. So, so why Tfilin doesn't uh, do it? Well, why is Tzedakah such a better mitzvah? Yes, it's not a better mitzvah, but there's something about Tzedakah where it's Tzedek Hey. Where you're infusing, you're, you're, you're sort of bringing the Rabbani Shalom into the equation of the Din. And so that's the mile of Tshuva, Tfilot, Tzedakah. It says Rabbi Shimon, and that's, that's my Indian. In other words, in other words, this thing that Rav Shimon said that for it to be a Baltfila, in order for you really to bring a kapar, to really to be part of the universe, you have to be Makosha to me, says Rav Shimon. Why? Because Rav Shimon says, because my entire life, it's connected with this Indian. Of, I'm, not, I'm trying to be pile that no, the world shouldn't be judged by the Bezin Shemala, it should be judged by the Rabbana Shalom. And in fact, Rav Shimon, the Zara says elsewhere, the day of his Petira, Rav Shimon said <coughs> about himself, I know that when I get up to Shemayim, the Bezin Shomala is not going to be the one opening my files. Because I see, the less I know, I see I have the Malacha, that I'm not being given over to the Malachim, to the Bezin Shomala. I am not like a regular person, says Rav Shimon. The one that's going to be judging me is Kuchabrichu Daini. The Rabbanu Shimon is going to be judging me. David, and again, he repeats over that David Melch was asking for Shaftani Lukim, Shlomo Melch, also David, Lasis Mishdavda, and so on. <clears throat> okay, so this is the idea that we have. So this is a new new Indian that we're being introduced to. That there seems to be two um, two options or two uh, two possibilities of how the din takes place. There is Rosh Hashanah without Rav Shimon, in which case a person is under the judgment of the Bezim Shamala, which is Tzedek. But then there is a Rosh Hashanah with Rav Shemin, and being connected to Taras Rav Shemin, which brings you to a Bechina of Tzedakah, where it's not Tzedek Bezim Shamala, it's the Rabbani Shalom. With the Bezim Shamala, of course, but it's the Rabbani Shalom. And that's, that, Rav Shemin said his whole life is about that. He personally uh, was Zaycha to that after 120, he says. And, and that's why he says that in order to have a real Rosh Hashanah, it's been kosher to him. Okay, like I said, all of a sudden it's like Bible. That's what uh, that's what the Zara says. So, what does this mean exactly? Well, what does it mean? If the Bezin Shomala, I mean, let's think about this for a second, right? If the Bezin Shomala is paskining, obviously it's not like they're, you know, what are you worried about? They're making a mistake. I mean, th- their judgment is called tzedek. It's called righteousness. It's justice. So, what what could the Rebbe possibly do? We're not going to say being judged by Hashem means that he's just more compassionate. Hashem is the Melech. Hashem is the Melech. Hashem is not on Rosh Hashanah specifically. He's not going to just stop. Okay, you know what? Whatever. He's not, he's not saying whatever. So what exactly is the difference? And isn't, isn't it true that every time a person is judged by Bezim Shomala, obviously it's under Hashem. They're, they're acting as messengers of their Bani Shalom. That's what a Malach is. It's a Shliach. So Shliach Shalom Kamaisai. So what exactly is the difference? What, what does this mean over here? Why you need a Shimon for this? Okay. You know, Rosh Hashanah night... We're almost there, okay? We're almost there. Rosh Hashanah night, there's a minig, it's, it's a minig, the Shulchan Aruch brings it down, that uh, after davening, so you, everyone gives each other a bracha, right? So you say, uh, you know, Lashana Taiva, okay, this is where the Lashana Tikasev, or Tikasev, you say, Chasim, Atal, Chaim Taivim, Lashalom, you know. So <coughs> the Vilna Gain held, it's, it's, it's well known, the Vilna Gain held that a person should only say Lashana Taiva Tikasev. Not this whole long Megillah, the Kasev is a Chasim, Matil Chaim Taivim. So it's like this. 
<coughs> we know the Gemara tells us that a person, that what happened to Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and so on. So the Gemara says we know that, that on Rosh Hashanah, Sefer Chaim, Sefer Mesim is open. The person is judged. Rishayim and Tzadikim is signed and see, uh, written and sealed right away in Rosh Hashanah. And Bainim is saved till, till Yom Kippur. That's one Gemara. Then there's another Gemara, also well known, that it's really not a Gemara, it's what we daven, it's our davening, is that Rosh Hashanah is when the Ksiva happens, and Yom Kippur is when the Chasimah happens. So most Rishayim, the way they work it out, is that, yeah, Rishayim and Sadiqim, everything is on Rosh Hashanah. And Bainanim is really what Yom Kippur is for. That's what the, that's the most Rishonim say. Now that raises a lot of issues because that means like so 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 we're just all assuming that we're exactly Bainim. And all of Yom Kippur is just for that small percentage of people that are Mamash Bainim. Okay, so the, the Gra said differently. Let me just explain. The Rishonim also deal with another question, which is what exactly how what are the what's the algorithm that Hashem is using to determine what you're supposed to be like? Like he's just flipping a coin. Yes, pranas, no pranas. Like, what's the, what are the factors? Like, what's he working with? So the Rishonim say, and it's very posh, the Rishonim say, first and foremost, what's happening is, in Rosh Hashanah, is that the Rabbani Shalom is deciding, where are you holding in terms of Olam Hab? Like, let's say it would be 120 right now, this moment, says Hashem. What would your Cheshem be in Olam Hab? Okay, now that the Rabbani Shalom says, okay, so now we're, we're really the din is going to be on what your matziv is, in Shemayim and Olam Haba. Now that we know where you're holding in Olam Haba, so now we could determine what your next year should be. In other words, uh, if the person is holding by uh, that, 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 that he has a, a nice chelik in Olam Haba, so maybe the Rebbe Shalom will give him a little bit difficulties in the year to clean him out of uh, some of the small averes that he has, and vice versa. So the whole, it, it's all revolving around Olam Haba, otherwise, like, with, you know, like, what, what's, the, what's the cheshman based on? Just stam random. It has to be. How many mitzvahs you have, and mavirus you have, and others. Where are you holding in terms of your schar v'aynish? And then, in terms of schar v'aynish, we'll figure out how that should play out in this world. The Groh held not like that. The Groh says like this. He says that every single, every single person, it's true. On Rosh Hashanah, there's a psak, there's a gzera in terms of where you're holding in terms of schar v'aynish in Olam Haba, what your chilek in Olam Haba should look like, and so on. But said the Gra, <clears throat> and that is Tzadikim and Rishoyim La'alta Rosh Hashanah, and Bainim, very few amount of people are Bainim, a very few amount of Yom Kippur, but Ruba de Ruba, in terms of where you're holding in, in, Shema, in, in your Olam Haba status, it's ready for Rosh Hashanah. But said the Gra, but that's not Olam Haza Cheshma. There's some other algorithm in play to determine how your Olam Hazah should be, not just based on your Schar Vainish. And said the Grah, that's everyone is just written on Rosh Hashanah and sealed on Yom Kippur. So there's two separate Cheshbonahs. There's who you are, there's, what, there's who you are, you know, in terms of your Olam Haba status, and that, for most of us, is already written and sealed on, 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 on Rosh Hashanah. But regardless of that, in terms of, of, of how that status should play out in this world in the coming year, that you have, it's, it's undetermined yet. You still have written on Rosh Hashanah and sealed all the way on Yom Kippur. Oh, right, right, okay. So it's like this. That's very good. That's, that's the question the Farshim asked. The question is like this. You could say it in a different way, but it's a similar question. The question is, like, what, what's, take, what, what, what's taking so long? 
Okay, if the Rabbanu Shalom, again, we want to know, does this guy, should this guy have a pranas or not? Yes, no, it's not, what, what's, the, what's the cheshun based on? Well, it's based on whether this guy's a tzaddik or not. Does, does, in his cheshbonus of mitzvahs and affairs, in his cheshbonus of olam haba, in his status, his ruchnistic status, like, is he deserving of parnasa, yes or no? And, said, and that's what the Rishonim say, okay, everything's dependent on that. Says the God, no, 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 that's already taken care of in Rosh Hashanah, but there's still some other th- thing missing, and we need a whole ten days to figure it out. What else is missing? What, what the Gra is introducing us to is a very, very important element, and it's basic to Yiddishkeit. Basic, basic, basic to Yiddishkeit, which is that the Rabbanu Shleilam system of running our lives is much more complicated than just simple Scharvanish. Much more complicated than just simple Scharvanish. And by the way, this is, this is something which I'm saying it, it's, it, it should be obvious. But I'm telling you, as little, from the time that we're little kids in yeshiva, we're very often not introduced to this idea, and it plays with a person's head. So let me tell you something. You know, we know, everyone knows that the, the classic question, the question of all questions, it's tzaddik v'ra'aloi, rush of a tzaddik, right? Rush is, so a tzaddik has something bad happened to him, a rush has something good happened to him. What's the answer? You know, when people think of that question, very often we don't even allow ourselves to ask that question. But that question, that question is at the forefront of Rosh Hashanah. It should be at the forefront of Rosh Hashanah. Because what's Rosh Hashanah about? Rosh Hashanah is a day where everything that happens, we're, 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 we're being mechazik armuna, that everything that happens is with a din v'chesh. When everything, is happening, everything that happens is because the Rabbanu Shalom decreed it. And presumably, if the Rabbanu Shalom decreed it, it's because this guy deserved it. It's Harvainish. And yet you're, th- you're singing in shul and you're thinking to yourself, that guy just got shlishi, Right? Or that guy just got psicha denila. Why? Because he's a bit tzaddik. He's rashka bahag. No, he paid a few more dollars for it. This is, this is Rosh Hashanah. So we don't allow ourselves to think that because it's not so nice. But Adarabha, the truth is, the truth is that the day of Rosh Hashanah is when we should be allowing ourselves to, not, not to necessarily bring out these questions, but, but if these questions are there, to be honest and allow them to be the forefront. Because the Indian of Rosh Hashanah, this is what we're going to, going to explain right now, the Indian of Rosh Hashanah is to be Mamlech Hashem, is to proclaim Hashem King in all areas of our own psyche, in all areas of life, davki in those areas where it seems to be the most hefker. What does it mean, what's our job in Rosh Hashanah to make Hashem King where? In the Beis HaMikdash? No. He's already King in the Beis HaMikdash. What does it mean? What's the definition of being mamlech Hashem? The Baal said the definition of establishing Hashem as king is dafka in places that otherwise he wouldn't be king. So what's an area of one's own psyche that maybe is absent of Hashem's flag and your job in Rosh Hashanah is to be mamlech Hashem there? The answer is dafka, the biggest empty space, the biggest desert, the biggest the biggest uh, piece of real estate in, your, in a person's mind that does not have Hashem's flag is that question of Tzadik V'ra'aloi Rosh And that's not only a question of the Holocaust and, uh, you know, some terrorists in Saudi Arabia sitting on piles of gold. That's, that's not the only... That's not the question. That's a child's version of the question. But as an adult, our version of the question has to be deeper than that. And by the way, this question should plague a person even when they're doing tshuva. Why? Let me give you an example. The guy's, uh, let's say you're doing tshuva. Let's say, right? So you're doing tshuva. Let's say you're working on a uh, You're working on, on, on Lashon Hara. 
let's pick a benign one, okay? They're going to Rosh Hashanah, on Rosh Hashanah. And you're really, and you're doing tshuva, so you're not just saying the words, you're really trying to get to the bottom of like, and you say that like, why do I speak Lashon Because like, I'm just a negative person. Or I'm trying to put others down. Why do I try to put others down? And then ultimately, ultimately, it goes back to what? To like, I don't know, your mother didn't hold you enough. Or she held you too much, right? Or you were put in the wrong class. Or your Rebbe in, in second grade said something to you and it threw you. All these things. And maybe those are legitimate reasons. And they might be legitimate reasons, 100%. Don't get me wrong. Those are, they, they could be very legitimate reasons. But then there is a basic question that you must be forced to ask yourself, which is, so why is it my fault? Or, I'm not asking like the chira, or, uh, free choice, but like, like, I was put in that position. I was put in that position that it was held too much or not held enough, which eventually led to my natural inclination to speak Lashonara, whatever. Right? I'm, uh, you know, pretend like a Freud or something. You do such a thing. But, so that's a question of tzaddik v'raloi. I, I was innocent. I was a little kid. So why did Rabbi Hashem put me in that place to all of a sudden have ra? Every point, every everything, these are, these are the unanswerable questions. And the answer is not tzachar v'aynish. Was tzachar v'aynish. I wasn't at all, I wasn't, I didn't deserve that. Even, let, let's, say, let's say later, you have a person that, that's suffering from something. And the guy's, why is he suffering? Well, he must be doing averis. What's his big avera? What, what, what's the big ever this guy did? All the tsaris, this guy is like, like in the dictionary, tsaris is his picture. And the guy is a, a frumayid, he puts on tefillin every day, because well, he's not a baki bashas, that's his big ever. So to say is that's not called Hashem Melech. So what, what's the avayid of Rosh Hashanah is to establish Hashem as king, davke, in those areas, davke in those areas that are the most absent of his presence. The answer is, what the Groh is telling us is that there's another algorithm in play. There's another system in play of how Hashem runs the world, and it's not Tzachar What is it? It's called a secret. It's called sight. It's called Rav It's called Rav It means the Rav is that we have no Hasagav. The Rav from the beginning of time gave, it's, in the Ramchal Svarm, it's called Hanaga Sayichud. Hanogasayichud means Hashem, Hashem's providence. That's about one thing and one thing only, bringing the world to its ultimate tachlis. And that bigger, global, universal tachlis, which is Mashiach and Gula and Chiesemes and all that, from the beginning of time, the Rabbanu Shalom took each neshama and said, regardless of what you do in life to deserve or not to deserve, this is your pekel. This is your corner. This is your avayda. This is your avayda. And now within that avayda, in that, in that framework, now you have schar v'aynish. I'll give you an example. A guy's davening Rosh Hashanah, okay? A guy's successful at business. So what's he davening for Parnassah wise? That thing should just continue to be successful, right? Then you have another guy, struggling a lot. What's he davening for? That he should be able to have enough money to pay off his chayvis. So it's interesting. That guy, see, there's such a th- it's an amazing thing. The guy who's davening to pay off his chayvis, he doesn't even have the hasagis of davening that he should be a, a millionaire. Well, see, when he's davening, that's called... Davening with a sense of Hashem Melech. What does it mean, Hashem Melech? Hashem Melech means, the Shlalem, there is something about how you're running the world and running my life that's way beyond anything I can conceptually understand. Forget Tzcharvanish, you're not just reacting to my life. There's something bechlal much bigger. It's called Hanagas Ha'yichad. And that, that affects everything. That affects your tshuva. That when you get to that point of like, so why taka was I put in that mazel that I should be... Uh, you know, in that class, with that trauma, whatever it is. Not tzachar 
That's called Hashem Melech. Why is it, Taka, that I don't even have the Hasaga of davening for anything more than just paying up my chayvis? Hashem Melech. That's called accepting. And that's what it means, Kabbalah's Ol Machushemai. Accepting the yoke of heaven. Accept Hashem Melech means that the, 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 the was running my life in a way that's completely above me and beyond me. That's Rav Shimon. This is the difference between, judge, being, between being judged by the Bezin Shomala and being judged by the Rabbanu Shalom. Bezin Shomala means Schar Vainish. And the truth is, every time we're being judged by Schar Vainish, it's true. But it's always under that larger umbrella and that larger understanding of Hashem Melech, of Anagas Sayyichad. And therefore, every time the Bezin Shomala paskins on anyone, it's always assuming the general picture of this person's life and their general Avaidah. But the Chiddush of Shimon is, or Shimon is saying is, that I, I'm, if you connect to me, that that means that even when you're being judged and you're being given particular situations in life, which is based on Zechar there's go, you could feel within yourself a sense of Yeshiva Das because you could feel within, within you that there's something much bigger at play. You see, when a person is given, when a person is given a din and it's purely based on and Tzachar Vainish, then there's always going to be that kasha, Tzadik Vrali, you understand? Because at some point, it's not my fault. Like, everything in Tzachar Vainish is just, a, it, it, it works within a certain framework. And if I'm not given a sense that there's something governing that larger framework, then I'm never going to be, feel settled. Well, you're telling me that it's Nigzar that I'm going to have XYZ because I did ABC? We both know that what led me to do ABC was not fully my fault and uh, this guy also did ABC and he's not getting XYZ so just being judged by Tzedek and just, just, just being judged by Bezim Shomala without there being a sense and a presence of that general Malchus that's framing the Bezim Shomala it doesn't create a Yishav Adas there's an unsettled aspect of just thinking that your life is governed by Sharvanish because you know in the deepest places that that doesn't answer the questions. And therefore, Kanzar Shimon says, You connect to me, which is side, Pnimis Atayra, secrets of Tyra. I'm going to show you by connecting to me that you're going to feel, of course, you'll be able to go through life and say, This happened, you know, I deserve it, I deserve it, I deserve it. But there's going to be that presence, that overarching presence in your life and in your senses that tells you that's true. And I'm, and Rebbe, but I also have it. I also got this. This is also coming from somewhere deeper. This is why Dafka Tzedakah is what brings the Rebbe Shalom into the, into the system. You know, Tzedakah is unique, right? Tzedakah doesn't make sense. Tzedakah doesn't make sense. This guy's poor, this guy's rich. It's for a reason. It's for a reason. It, tzedek, right? Tzedek, righteousness, truth, doesn't dictate that I should give this guy Tzedakah. Why? But Tzedakah, but it's interesting. We, we find very often in Tanakh, Rabbi Nachman Breslover in the second piece of Lakuta Maran talks about this, that we find this very often in Tanakh that tzedakah and mishpat are always like interconnected with each other. Tzioin be mishpat tipada v'shaveh b'tzedakah. Megula will come with mishpat and tzedakah. What does tzedakah have to do with mishpat? Mishpat is the opposite of tzedakah. Mishpat is this guy's poor, he, doesn't, he shouldn't touch anything of my money. I worked hard for my money. But so, so you know what tzedakah is? Tzedakah says... You don't know why. This guy's poor, this guy's rich. You have a, there's something much larger at play. He, he, he's, he's poor because he deserves to be poor. You're rich because he deserves to be rich. Yeah, the whole thing is, there's something much, much bigger at play. It's the Rabbanu 
And the Rabbani Shalom is, it's, it's way beyond Tzcharvayinish, it's way beyond what this guy deserves, what he doesn't deserve. When you give tzedakah, that's what you're tapping into. You're tapping into that there's something way beyond what's, what, what mishpat is. That there's, there's a deeper mishpat. And that deeper mishpat is not something that you can wrap your brain around and say, oh, this makes sense. It's, it's something much, much bigger. And in that bigger place of mishpat, maybe this guy, maybe he should deserve, maybe I have some of his money. There's something much bigger at play. This is, so in, in other words, this is the avoid, this is what the girl was talking about again, right? Remember? That on Rosh Hashanah, it's already Eiske Paskind. It's Pashit. It's Nechtav V'Nechtam. It's written and sealed on Rosh Hashanah. Everyone's Chesh B'Nai Haba. And so the question is, okay, so if it's already, we, if it's already done deal, where we're holding in terms of our Ruchnius and Noilam Haba, so what's taking so long for our Psak in Noilam Haza to, to be molded based on that? It's all based on where we're holding in our Matzav in Ruchnius and Noilam Haba. So, why, so if it's already sealed on Rosh Hashanah, so why is it our Olam Hazapsak, which is really just, just implementing what is already Gepaskin in Olam Haba, so what's taking so long for Yom Kippur? The answer is, there's something much bigger at play. What we have in Olam Hazah is not just, it's not just a simple uh, you know, effect, cause and effect for our Olam Haba. There's something, that's Bezin Shalom, that's called Tzedek, but there's something much larger at play, which is called the Rabbanu Shalom, and Anagas Ayichud. And that Anagas Ayichud, Says Rav Shimon, if you want to feel that presence, you connect to me. And this is what it means to be Mamlech Hashem. Let's understand. The, the, when, when we're, for 48 hours in Rosh Hashanah, we're talking about Hashem is the king. What does it mean Hashem is the king? It means that we're screaming and we're saying that everything in my life, even if I think it makes sense, when I get to the bottom of it, it really doesn't make sense, it's Hashem Melech. Melech means that the Rav Shimon is much bigger and the system that he's governing my life with is it way, way, way beyond anything I could possibly imagine and anything I could possibly explain to myself or to, or to anyone else. That's what it means, Malchus. Now, so, how do you daven Rosh Hashanah then? Right? So, how do you daven then? Right? If, if the whole idea of Malchus is, Kabbal Shalom, the entire framework of my life is completely, completely beyond anything I could possibly influence. So then, where's the room for davening? So how are you talking davening Rosh Hashanah for Bani Chaimizai for a good year? So within that framework, for Schar Vainish, but how you, how you, how do you have the era? Huh? Everything is so beyond, right? The din of it, like, it's all, so this is, What's, most, what's the most amazing thing of Rosh Hashanah, which is, and it's hard to explain, but what the most amazing thing of Rosh Hashanah is, that Dafka at that moment, when there's a revelation of not just the Scharvainish system, but Hashem pulls back the curtain and says, you guys, you have no idea like what's going on in your life. You Hamamish have no idea. And Rosh Hashanah whispers in our ear and says, it's Taka's side, it's Taka's side. Af al piking. Nevertheless, we are so intimately bound with God that with all that being said, we still have the strength and the confidence to say to Rabbanu Shalom, I got you, I understand, it's beyond my pay grade, Afal Pekin, you can work it out. Afal Pekin, you can work it out. And the Rabbanu Shalom doesn't throw us away. He doesn't say, well, chutzpah, talking. I just, if, you're, if, you're, if, all, you, if all there is is charvainish, so fine, you daven, daven is, how, how do all the, the, the machshavah dikas firm explain how davening works, right? 
How does davening work? If it's supposed to be, if you're supposed to be poor, how does davening work to make you rich? The answer is, davening is mechazig your amuna, and having a good amuna is is a, is, is a schos. So in that schos, you'll get. Uh, but comes Rosh Hashanah, Hashem says, your poverty and your wealth is coming from such a bigger place than you could possibly ever imagine, or any, or possibly ever earn. So. And Afal Pekin, we're still davening for, for, for Parnassah. Why? Because the Rabbana Shalom is showing on Rosh Hashanah how unbelievably, unfathomably close we are to him. That with that being said, that the Rabbana Shalom is so unfathomably deeper than we could possibly imagine, Afal Pekin, we are close enough to him and we have enough of a personal relationship with him that we can say, you can work it out. You can work it out. I, it's true that whatever cheshben you have, I need to have tsaris in this year. You're infinite. You're an infinite God. And that system that you made that's above my pay grade, yeah, you can work it out. That's called noira. The noira of Yom Neroyim is not just noira like, wow, Hashem is awesome. Every Yontif, every Shabbos, Hashem is awesome. What's awesome about Rosh Hashanah is that while Hashem is pulling back the curtain and saying and showing to us how everything He does in our lives is above our pay grade, and when we, when we say Hashem Melech, we're accepting that. And we're saying, Rabbanu Shalom, even in those corners of my life, and when I have that question of Tzadik Varala, Rosh I'm planting that flag of, of Malchus Hashem, I'm saying, that's your Malchus too. And it's just coming from a place that's beyond Tzachar Vainish that doesn't take away a kiyuzeh of my ability to talk to you face to face. That's Noira. Because usually, if I'm going to have a conversation with someone face to face, it's someone that I'm not incredibly intimidated by. But if I have someone that's just overwhelmed by their greatness, and I'm completely intimidated by them, I, I don't want to talk to them. So could you imagine being able to talk to someone face to face who you know is, it was mamish intimidating, overwhelmingly intimidating, overwhelmingly great. That's called Naira. See, usually when you're talking to God, it's the God that's on your eye level. Or when God is unbelievably big, you're not looking at him face to face. But to see him face to face while he's in his great, greatness, that's Rosh Hashanah Kippur. So Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, so in other words, the Avoid of Rosh Hashanah is this Indian of establishing Hashem as Melech, while at meaning that every single thing in my life is coming from a place that's above my understanding. It's with a, it's with a reason, and the reason is, whatever I think the reason is, it's not that. But despite that recognition, I could still daven to Hashem, and I could still talk to Him about these inyanim, even though I don't really know what I'm talking about. So it's like, while I'm davening, and I'm davening for my pranasa, I myself know I don't really know what I'm talking about. What my pranasa? As if I know what I should have. I don't even, I don't know the beginning of these cheshbonas. But that's not stopping me from having the conversation. And the Rabbanu can work it out. And that's, that's what's going on over here. That's what's going on in Rosh Hashanah. The Avayda of Rosh Hashanah is, is it's, a, it's a deepening. It's, it's, the Avayda is, 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 is to see every single, every single corner of your life as unbelievably deep, but yet not to be intimidated by that unbelievably deep God to talk to him about it. That's, that's the secret. That's the secret of Rosh Hashanah. That's why, again, you know, Rabbi Nachman uh, is connected with Rosh Hashanah. Shimon is connected with Rosh Hashanah. It's like overwhelmingly complicated, but overwhelmingly pasha. Overwhelmingly pasha. Like Rabbi Shimon, when he comes out of the cave after 13 years, right? So what's mechazikim? That he sees a yid and he's holding two bunches of myrtles, one for zakhar, one for shamar. He's running to do a mitzvah. Yep, yeah, understand this. Rabbi Shimon just spent 13 years. No, understanding what Shabbos is. 
This old man is running, he has a saga with Shabbos, he has no saga with Shabbos. And Rishimah says, wow, it's so beautiful, it's so nice. He's holding two bowls, Zachar B'Shamer. Does this guy have a saga of what he's being, what, in Yonim and Zachar B'Shamer? He has no idea. It's unbelievably profound, but not intimidating at all. That, that's the secret of Rosh Hashanah. The God is un- Hashem Melech, huge, infinite, much bigger than any pay grade we could possibly imagine, but not intimidating. Intimidating, I guess you can say, but not, you can still talk to him and you still want to talk to him. That's Manar Makamazah. That's why in that story with Yaakov Avinu, right? When Yaakov Avinu has that dream and Hashem says to him, it's amazing, what's the dream? So again, the, the ladder and so on. And Hashem says to him that I'm going to protect you, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to bring you back here, everything's going to be fine. So it sounds like it's very it's nice chizik, right? But you, but you realize in that, in that statement, Hashem is pulling back the curtain. Because in the world of Schar Vainish, Mechatesi. How could Hashem promise that everything's going to work out okay? What if Yaakov Avinu messes up? What if he chooses free will and he makes a big mistake? How could Hashem possibly promise that it's going to work out? The answer is, because at that moment Hashem was pulling back the curtain and he was saying, Yaakov Avinu, I understand Bechira, very, very nice. There's much bigger things at, here, at play over here. You can't mess. I can't allow Yaakov Avinu to fail. It doesn't work like that. You don't have the option. So, but, but, you see, but you see in this conversation, unbelievable chizik, that Hashem is saying, I got you, I'm going to protect you, I'm going to make sure it works out. But the, in that statement, Hashem is saying, Hashem is showing that he's, well, there's much more going on over here. Like Yaakov is thinking to himself, I'm just a Pasha And as a Pasha let's say I mess up, okay, so Hashem moves on to the next Pasha But Hashem is saying, no, 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 Yaakov Avinu, you have any idea? You have much more, you don't even know the half of it. That's what Hashem is saying. And with that, it's not intimidating at all. It's not Meshach it's Yedidus, it's closeness. It says Yaakov that's what Neira is. That, that to be able to, to have that hiskarvus, that closeness with an unbelievably, overwhelmingly intimidating figure. That's Manara Makamazah. That's the secret. That's the secret of Rosh Hashanah. So when we talk about Rosh Hashanah, and it's Unasana Taikif, right? It's like Unasana Taikif, right? So it's Mamish talking about. You know what the Avoid of Unasana Taikif is? The Avoid of Unasana Taikif is not to, not to imagine, God forbid, like all the people you care about, you know. And then to just make yourself cry for what? That's not the sanatayk. The tachz of the sanatayk is that you're you're opening up that, you're entering into that place of din v'chajvin, that place of of tzedek. And you know what you're saying? Hashem melech. Think, it, it, yes, it's with the chajvin and all this stuff, but there's much bigger things at play, and everything that happens is malchus Hashem. Everything that happens is from the rabbanu shalom, and I trust you. And I know that everything is happening for reasons that I cannot possibly imagine. And that is comforting at the same time while it's a mechaev. Because while I'm talking about this, and I have to, obviously there's this harvainish at play, but it's amlachas Hashem, it's malchas Hashem. So I don't know how practical this is, but it's a certain mindset to have going in. Is it like that? That's ultimately the avoid of Rosh Hashanah, is that like to, 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 to find these deserts in your psyche and to plant Hashem's flag there. The greatest desert, it's Tzadik V'ra'alai Rosh But That's not Vaida. That's not Vaida. You go to these places of kashas, places of confusion, of Hester Ponim, and you say, ah, it's not Hester, it's Malchus Hashem. That's not Vaida. And then somehow, this sense of Hashem being the judge, and everything, everything that happens is like, you know, that childlike thing, you know, that happens in the coming year is Mamish, like, Paschal Rosh Hashanah, in what way, how? doesn't seem like it, doesn't seem to make sense. Hashem Melech. And that's called Naira. And that same God who's so overwhelmingly bigger than me, I can still talk to him. And I am talking to him. 
while I recognize that my parnas is way beyond anything I could possibly imagine, I can still talk to him about it. To feel that Iskarvis and Yedidis, that closeness, and uh, not to be intimidated by that all-powerful, intimidating figure called God himself.